If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Too tired to clean your floors after playtime? Forgot to vacuum before your friends bring their little ones over? Let Eufy X10 Pro Omni help. Powerful 8,000 PA suction removes debris, and Mop Master dual mop pads scrub away stubborn stains with ease. Save time and keep your floors cleaner. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. There is a 900-plus-acre farm ranch that I hunt 10 to 15 minutes outside of Big Rapids, Michigan College Town, about 25,000 residents. I've known for years about the existence of Sasquatch. I have been an avid archery hunter for years and loved spending hours in the woods, scouting and setting up new stands to hunt in the fall. On occasions, my sixth sense would go into overdrive while out scouting certain sections of this property. I would dismiss it as an overactive imagination and carry on with my mission. Multiple times while on stand, I would hear loud tree knocks from various points that surrounded me. I never thought too much into them as I would just dismiss those as natural sounds due to limbs clanking, banging, or busting. I would also notice rank and stagnant odors that would overwhelm my area from time to time. Again, I'd also dismiss these foul smells as possible black bear odors, as I've heard they stink and are quite abundant in our area. On one occasion, while walking into my stand, I heard what sounded like a rock skipping through the treetops, hitting up high and falling to the ground. I glanced in the general direction of the sound and didn't see anything. As I continued walking, I heard the same sound again, but this time it was closer, and as I looked towards the sound, I caught the movement of a two to three inch diameter rock falling out of the tree, in which it had just impacted. I walked up to the rock, picked it up and stared up the tree, saying to myself, what the hell are the squirrels carrying these big rocks up the trees? You see the pattern here. Weird happens, and I dismiss it as I'm 45 years young and don't want to believe I have to deal with a Sasquatch or any other paranormal entity on the land on which I hunt. But the last incident finally got my attention, and I now acknowledge the fact that I could possibly be dealing with one of these beings. My son and I were heading out of the woods in a well-lit full moon night about an hour after dark. No flashlights needed. We had a one-half-mile walk back to our vehicle, up this easily traversable stretch bottom that laid at the foot of large rolling hardwood hills and deep-cutting ravines that extended to the creek's edge. We had sat pretty close in proximity to one another and had met up at dark to walk out together. Keep in mind that this is the same area that I've experienced tree knocks, rocks being thrown, and smells that could curl your toenails. We had covered a half-mile hike back to our origins, and we're now standing outside of our vehicle offloading our gear into the back seat. I reached into the car and fired the engine while still standing outside of it as to shed some ambient light on our surrounding. I turned my back to the car. It was in the process of evacuating my bladder when I heard what I thought was my son cranking the radio up in the car as loud as he could. I wheeled my head over to my over my shoulders to look at him, and when I did, I locked eyes with my son, who stood on the other side of the car. I saw the fear in his eyes as he stood with his jaw open wide. 
He had not entered the car and turned up the radio. It was a scream, yell that had radiated from the bottom of which we had just exited minutes before. The loud bellowing lasted ten or fifteen seconds and was as loud as any music concert I've ever attended. Keep in mind, I'm six foot, two hundred thirty pounds. My son, six foot two and about two hundred sixty, were both armed with bows and knives, and I had a forty-five XDS Springfield on my side. My son and I jumped into the car, slammed the door shut, and peeled out like Bo and Luke, Duke being chased by Roscoe P. Coltrane and Boss Hogg as dirt flew from our tires all the way out to the paved road. Normally, we travel this half-dirt two-track at about 10 miles per hour. That night, we may or may not have hit 50 miles per hour. We anxiously and excitedly talked about our experience together all the way back home. We've spent hundreds upon hundreds of hours in the woods and have hunted almost everything possible to hunt in our area. We have never heard any form of vocalization like this before. We rarely hunt this property anymore and never alone. As a matter of fact, the last time I sat in this area was two rifle seasons ago, and I heard a larger tree fall over on a windless afternoon. I retreated back to the truck and basically called it quits for the day. I can still feel the icy grip of fear clawing at my heart every time I think back to that ill-fated hunting trip in the cursed woods of Kentucky. It was a day that would forever haunt my dreams, a day when my faith in the known world was shattered and the boundaries of reality were pushed to their limits. The woods in Kentucky had always held a sinister reputation among hunters and locals, they spoke of strange happenings, eerie sounds, and an overwhelming sense of dread that seemed to permeate the very air. But for a group of seasoned hunters like us, stories of curses and ghost stories were nothing but campfire entertainment. Until that day, we were a group of five, including me, Jake, the unofficial leader of our little expedition, and my lifelong friends, Mike, Tom, Sarah, and Mark, we adventured deep into the heart of the supposedly cursed reserve, seeking the thrill of the hunt, and hoping to prove that the legends were nothing more than superstitions. As the sun dipped below the thick canopy of trees casting eerie shadows upon us, we decided to split into two groups, with each group pursuing different game, deer and ducks. It was in that fateful decision that our nightmare began. My group consisted of Mike, Tom, and me. We ventured deeper into the woods, our rifles at the ready, scanning the surroundings for any sign of prey. The air was thick with tension, and an eerie silence hung around us. Then, as we entered a small clearing, something caught our attention. It was a presence, a feeling of being watched that sent shivers down my spine. I exchanged nervous glances with Mike and Tom, and we silently decided to investigate. Our eyes widened in horror as we saw it, an unknown predator, a monstrous creature that defied all logic and explanation. It had to be at least nine feet tall, with shoulders as wide as four feet. Its stringy hair did little to conceal the bulging muscles beneath, which flexed with each movement. Its thighs were as round as tree trunks, and it had hardly a neck to speak of, with a head that tapered into a cone-like shape. Its long arms swung menacingly by its side, 
I would describe it as a half-gorilla and half-Neanderthal, man. Type animal. A grotesque amalgamation of the prehistoric and the otherworldly. We were paralyzed by fear, unable to comprehend the monstrous being before us. Our rifles were clenched tightly in trembling hands, ready to fire, but the creature seemed to sense our presence. Its head turned slowly in our direction, and its eyes, dark and soulless, met ours. Time stood still as a shiver of dread washed over us in that heart. Pounding moment, the creature began to run, its massive form moving gracefully on two legs. Panic overtook us, and we opened fire, but our shots missed their mark as we fired blindly in sheer terror. The creature showed no signs of injury, and the deafening roar of the gunshots only seemed to fuel its relentless pursuit. In our desperation, we abandoned our rifles, the very tools of our trade, and ran for our lives. The woods, once familiar and inviting, had transformed into a labyrinth of shadows and horrors. We pushed through thick underbrush, our hearts pounding in our chests, our breaths ragged. Finally, after what felt like an eternity, we stumbled upon another group of hunters, breathless and wild-eyed. We recounted our harrowing encounter with the unknown predator, but their skeptical expressions greeted our story. They dismissed our story as an overactive imagination or the stress of the hunt getting the better of us. But we knew what we had seen, what we had felt deep in our bones. A creature that defied all rational explanation, a nightmare lurking in the depths of those cursed woods. I work for a city park and recreation department here in Colorado. I also serve as a district ranger for the National Park Service. I took the ranger patrolling training and love the outdoors, but I'm not a trained scientist or a tracker. I was driving home from work one evening in 2017, and it was dusk. I was heading east on United State 24, towards Berthout Falls. There is a turnoff located before you get right to the falls that goes to a park where you can camp called Rainbow Park. I was driving down the turnoff, and when I reached the bottom of the road, I saw this huge thing looking at me. I wasn't sure what it was at first, but I really thought it was a bear. But then I saw wings and saw that this might be some sort of mountain lion creature with wings. At least that's what it looked like. So I'm thinking it's a flying mountain lion, totally confused because my brain cannot process this. It does not make any sense. Then it jumps off the ground and takes off into the air. Not only was this amazing to see, but it was also mind-numbing. It was huge and had a very large body and a wingspan far larger than my truck. The body was more like a mix between a human and a lion, and the head looked more like a large cat. I thought maybe it was injured, or I'm not sure what it was doing. I could see, though, that its wings were very strange, also very alien looking to any kind of bird we have here on Earth. I mean, these are just my guesses. I took off into the woods, drove up the road to the park, got out of my truck, still shocked at my sighting, and everything around me was dead silent. I noticed right away it was colder than usual, and things did not feel right. I had a bad feeling in the pit of my stomach. 
I just tried to shake it off as best I could, and things seemed to stop for the time being. Later on, I went back to the spot where I had my sighting, and there were huge impressions on the ground where it landed, going through the trees into the woods. I was so confused, but also scared and in awe. I've kept this a secret until now. I would love to tell everybody more about what I saw and where. I wish I could have taken photos, but it all happened so fast. As scared as I was, it honestly kind of reminded me of seeing something from Greek mythology come to life or something along those lines. I don't know what creature looks like that with wings, but man, it was something else entirely. Thank you for taking the time to read this. My name is Tom, of course. That's not my real name, but the name for the sake of story. I was leader of the Navy SEAL team. So, we were deployed to a war-torn region of Iraq with a classified mission to eliminate a high-value target terrorist leader, not Saddam. Little did we know that our encounter with the enemy would take a terrifying turn. After meticulous planning and precise execution, we successfully infiltrated the target's heavily guarded castle. Using advanced surveillance equipment, we kept a constant eye on the live feed, ensuring that our actions were being monitored by the highest authority. With the utmost precision, we eliminated the target, fulfilling our mission objective. As the cameras captured the moment, we knew our success would be witnessed by the eyes of our nation's leaders. As the mission came to a close, we shut off the camera feed and began securing the area. Curiosity overcame me, and a strange pull drew me towards a dark and hidden basement chamber within this desert castle. With each step, an eerie silence filled the air, adding to the weight of the unknown that awaited me. As I entered the chamber, a dim light revealed a strange sight that froze me in awe. Before me stood a creature towering at least ten feet tall, its form shrouded in shadow. It possessed a humanoid shape with two long and skinny legs, arms that extended all the way to the ground and a round body, its neck elongated and slender, held no features of a face. Around him were human corpses, about ten of poor people. The air grew thick with a sense of malevolence, and I could feel the creature's presence suffocating me. Without warning, it lunged at me with blinding speed and brute force. The impact sent me crashing to the ground, my senses reeling from the ferocity of the attack. In the chaos of the moment, the creature vanished as swiftly as it had appeared, leaving me shaken and bewildered. Desperately, I called for backup, summoning my fellow seals to the scene. But as they arrived, confusion etched on their faces. They claimed they hadn't witnessed any creature or encountered anything out of the ordinary. Doubt clouded their expressions, and their responses only deepened the mystery. We combed the area, searching every nook and cranny, but there was no trace of the creature that had assaulted me. It was as if it had vanished into thin air, leaving behind only lingering questions and a chilling sense of unease. Despite the lack of evidence, I knew in my bones that what I had witnessed was real, a terrifying encounter with an entity beyond comprehension.
I was a beat officer for a small town in northern New Jersey. The chief of police at the time was a guy well known to me and my brothers in the force as Mr. Paranoid himself. One night I responded to a call from dispatch that there had been reports of screaming from the woods near Greenwood Lake. I arrived at the location and didn't see anything but a foul smell hung in the air. It smelled like blood, wet dog, and iron. I entered the woods on foot with my flashlight ready to catch any pranksters or anybody who was fooling around, listening intently for any sign of life as I made my way deeper into the woods. Something suddenly darted out from a clump of trees to my right, tearing off into the woods. I chased after them, or it as best I could, but there's no way I could ever catch up to them. A few weeks later, a young boy had gone missing from his family's campsite around the same location. The search party had come up empty-handed, but I knew that area was where I'd seen whatever it was that night. What I assumed was a large animal. The chief of police, during an investigation, took me aside and told me not to talk about what I saw around town. He stated that he didn't want to cause panic in the small town, so he never reported his encounter or description of what happened at Greenwood. Though we weren't able to find any missing persons matching the description, we're also unable to find the location of where this other officer believed that he himself saw a werewolf. I did see one, though claiming to be an unnamed officer who had also been on the search party for the missing boy, but they have since been let go. Five to six years ago, I found myself in the rugged wilderness of Oregon's Ochaco Mountains, pursuing my passion for archery hunting. On this particular hunting trip near Spanish Peak, Oregon, I had been tracking an elusive elk deep into a secluded canyon. As darkness cloaked the landscape, intensified by the thick clouds overhead, I realized it was time to make my way back to the road, which was about an hour's hike away. Yet an eerie feeling crept over me as if I were being trailed by an unseen presence. The night came alive with unsettling sounds, breaking sticks, rustling leaves, that sent shivers down my spine. Instinctively, I called out, stop or I'll shoot, clutching my arrows tightly, prepared to defend myself against the mysterious cryptid lurking in the darkness. To my astonishment, the source of the noise emerged from the shadows, closing the distance between us to a mere 10 to 15 feet. It mirrored my movements, halting whenever I stopped. Determined to confront this enigmatic presence, I readied an arrow, hoping for a glimpse of my pursuer. However, as I positioned myself in a small clearing, the cryptid abruptly ceased its pursuit. Perplexed yet relieved, I continued my journey towards a forested area, unaware that it had circled around the clearing, resuming its pursuit from the cover of the trees. With each cautious step enveloped by the enigmatic darkness, I felt an unseen force watching over me. There was no accompanying smell or visual confirmation of what trailed me, only an undeniable presence that sent chills down my spine. Despite the challenging circumstances, my instincts guided me along the winding road, etched in my memory from previous encounters. Without the aid of a flashlight, I relied solely on my knowledge and intuition. The entity, for reasons unknown, ceased its pursuit as I reached the road, 
vanishing into the shadows. Reflecting on this harrowing experience, I couldn't help but contemplate the stories surrounding Bigfoot, rumored to assist lost hunters in the wilderness. Perhaps the enigmatic cryptid had been watching over me, ensuring my safe exit from the treacherous wood. I am 38 and an army veteran trying to work as a local carpenter in Maine, the state where I have almost always lived. I've had two encounters with the creature I will soon tell you about, one that occurred when I was a teenager and actually one a couple years ago. The house I am currently living in is my father since he now has multiple heart conditions and would have to live alone. I and my sister grew up in this house, which is in eastern Maine. Living here as a child always felt a little off, as if something was not right in a way. It's hard to describe. The house is surrounded by woods on almost all sides and sits on a dead-end road with six or seven houses down the way. We own 70 acres of dense forests that are littered with the TV trails and walking trails. I've been out on these trails over a hundred times, probably just clearing them for neighbors who we let use them and just trying to maintain them. But every time I'm out there, I feel like I'm being stalked. In this area, I nor my father have ever seen a bear, wolf, or mountain lion. Nothing really above the size of a bobcat. As a teen, I liked dressing up in military gear and going out to play war and games similar. Normally, go out with my friend Sid and Marvin, two guys who lived down the road. Sid was an older dude, around 18, who smoked and did average tough guy stuff. Marv, who I still am friends with today, we even served together until he was discharged, was more on my level. We were both pretty timid young guys who didn't really associate with most people and just enjoyed being out in the woods and chilling. Anyway, one day we'd gone out around 3 p.m. on a chilly winter evening to go play as we did most days. We all grabbed our gear, which was stuff that Sid's dad, who was a Vietnam vet, had given him. And then Sid had shared with us. This included medical kits and ammo box, grenade pouches, etc., he even gave Sid an old handgun, without the magazine or ammunition. But Sid's dad still didn't allow him to take it out of the house. So after a while of walking down one of the paths, we come to one of our favorite spots, which is sort of like a clearing full of boulders and moss. At the time, it was covered in knee, deep snow. Normally, my mother would not have let us go out this far, but... She wasn't there to say no since she was in New Hampshire for the holidays. We'd been out there for quite a while throwing snowballs and pretending they were grenades and blasting at each other with our sticks. It was about 5 p.m. when we were starting to gather our stuff because it was beginning to get dark. As I'm scooping up my stuff, Marv talks in a confused and worrisome tone. Hey guys, what the hell is that thing? He draws our attention to a tall, completely black creature standing on two legs, its arms dangling by its sides and dragging through the snow. From our angle at 50 or 60 meters away, we couldn't see its face, but it was walking away from us. I remember a weird tightness in my chest after realizing that I had no idea what we were looking at. Then Sid yelled out, Hey, hairball! Then the creature stopped! 
My chest grew even tighter, and it felt like my body was frozen after I saw its abrupt stop. It slowly turned towards us. Its face had no facial features, but it looked to be plain flesh. No nose, eyes, or mouth. We were so frightened that none of us could talk. It stared at us for a couple minutes before one of us suggested the bright idea of leaving. We crept away as the sun was now really low, while one of us constantly looked back until we got out of sight. Then we bolted back to my house where we hid inside, collapsing onto the living room floor. We were silent for a moment before I broke out laughing. The others joined in. After a few seconds, Sid said, uh, Oh, guys, WTF did we just see? We tried rationalizing, but I think we all knew that we had seen something that didn't belong. The guys ended up staying the night at my place that night. We stayed up late drinking hot chocolate and every now and then stepping onto the front porch to see if it may have followed us. After a couple days, the creature mostly disappeared from our minds. We still got together and hung out having adventures in the woods. I never told my parents about this thing that we saw because they probably would have believed me and I didn't want to go through all the trouble of explaining it to them over and over. Neither did I tell my sister because she wouldn't care and I wouldn't receive any feedback, so it was pointless. We three also never really brought the creature up again. It was like an unspoken agreement. My second encounter transpired in roughly the same area about a mile or two from there three years ago. I had just been honorably discharged and been home with my father for no more than a month, picking up odd jobs, mostly in auto and house repairs, both being skills I learned from my time overseas. It was a summer evening when I decided to head out on the trails and take a look around. After all, I haven't been out there for ages and expected the trails to be overgrown. So I took with me some basic brush clearings equipment such as a hatchet, an old machete, and some other stuff and then set out. Sid had recently moved to Vermont and Marv had been medically discharged a while ago and left with a leg disability making it hard to walk. I would have asked him to join me if not for his disability. I had made it half a mile into the main path, moving and cutting up the suspected limbs, branches, and overgrown grass as best as possible, hoping to come back tomorrow with a weed whacker to do some more work. As I got deeper, the feeling of being watched returned, the same feeling I got as a teenager when I was out there and I began noticing that the dense growth was getting thinner and more and more limbs were smashed or pushed out of the way. As well, the tall grass and overgrowth were no longer in the way. In fact, the trail became almost cleared and looked like it used to. I was shocked that somebody cared enough to come out here and clear all this. But as I thought on it more, I remembered that the entrance hadn't been groomed. So how did they get in? I began looking closely at the ground, noticing feet or paw prints I'd never seen before. I crouched down to gain a better look. The printed had three pointy toes, each about six inches long, and were spaced about three feet apart in sets of two. I didn't recognize these and decided to just follow them a little further to check it out. About a quarter of a mile later, I see this creature, my second encounter, and so far my last time. It was walking from the side of the path at a slow pace, not acknowledging my presence. Not yet, at least. 
It slowly crossed the path and continued into the woods, and after a minute I walked up to the area where he had entered, and there it was strolling or creeping into the woods, still not noticing me. I could hear his arms dragging across the forest floor, and his fur coat still looked silky black, yet I wanted to see its face again, but not to the point where I would risk being spotted. So I slowly reached for my phone, only to realize that it was in the front pocket of my backpack, as I didn't want to lose it while working. I pulled the bag from my shoulders and placed it in front of me and began unzipping the pocket. But as I did, the creature stopped, as he had done the last time. Oh, Lord Jesus, I thought, as I froze and my chest tightened. It began to turn. Its fleshy face began staring back at me. I tightened the grip on the hatchet I had in hand, and now that I think about it, that probably wouldn't have done much to the eight-foot behemoth, now that I think about it, we both stared motionless for what felt like hours. In reality, I had no idea how long we had been there. I eventually stood up with my legs feeling numb. I backed away until it was out of sight, and then took off as fast as I could go. As I was running, I was sure I heard a violent scream from behind me, but I wasn't going to turn to look. Long story short, I haven't been back in those woods for three years and don't plan on it either. I know this may sound over-exaggerated or fake like something from a children's book, but I know what I saw, and Marvin knows what he saw. I will never forget this. I was living in a travel trailer for a time on my sister's property, about three acres or so, circa the summer of 2019. The house was in the front, on half the property, and I was in the wild lands backfield behind the backyard. This was near Redding, California, in the Sacramento River. Only several blocks away, basically in the country and county, outside of town, but quite a few residences up and down. The streets around the area on big lots. I don't remember what made me open the door and stick my head out to look around one late evening, but something caused me to do it, maybe some noise. As I was looking around, I heard what sounded like several very slow footsteps in dry brush, going crack, snap, crack, like someone was walking away slowly, kind of being stealthy. I then realized it was right there, about 15 feet away, maybe on this side of the, see, through wire fence, but it could have been right on the other side of the neighbor's property back section, so I was looking, waiting to see some animal wildlife or something, but there was nothing. It was dark, but I had my outside trailer light on, and there was some good moonlight. If there was something there, I should have been able to see it. Then I heard someone run off into the backfield. It had to be a very large, if not huge, heavy animal, like a horse. It was bump, 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 bump. I was surprised it didn't shake the ground or trailer. But not a four-legged horse, like clippity-clop. It was an obvious two-legged run, probably with a very long stride. And then it was gone. But I saw nothing like it was invisible. I went back in and locked my door, and nothing else happened. I looked around the next day for some footprints, but didn't find any. I can only think that it must have been a Bigfoot. Is it possible that it was cloaked or invisible?
Okay, so a few years ago, maybe like two or three, I was out walking out in the woods behind my grandmother's house. And I had a really bad feeling like I was being watched and heard something following behind me. Deer season was just about to start, so I thought nothing about it because I thought it might be a deer. Deer tend to hang out in the woods, so it wasn't much of a worry. I was about to head back through the trees and found a tree that I didn't feel particularly comfortable being near, as I had picked up bad vibes, but I was being stupid and I looked around the tree, and it had like really big and strange claw marks in and on the bark of it. There was also some bones from what I'm guessing was a canine when I had made it out of the woods. I had went inside the house. I don't really remember how I got there and my grandmother and why I had been bleeding. Note that I always carry a knife on me, so I went into the bathroom to patch it up. That was the end of that interaction. Something of the same sort had happened a few months later when I was visiting my aunt. I had also decided to explore the woods near her place, and I had caught a glimpse of a really tall figure covered in fur. I had taken up my photo to take a picture of it and zoomed in to get a better look at it. And noticed it was covered in leaves and a little bit of blood. It had very large antlers, so I went back to her house and researched about it. Both settings of the woods were both more so marshy, so I decided to just call the Wendigo Marsh. So now I have a Wendigo that lives out behind my grandparents' house. I had also wound up hearing a call and screaming when I was walking. My significant other and I used to manage a fly and fishing resort outpost in very far northwestern Ontario. We did this for a few years in the summers. We would live on an island from late April, early May until mid-October on a lake that had no road, rail access at all. There was also no phone service, no internet, no TV, no electric grid, no indoor plumbing, etc., this shit was as remote as it gets, and we'd live it for seven months out of our year. Now, typically, the planes that get people in and out of there are little Cessnas and 50-year-old de Havilland beavers and otters, cubs-slash-super-cubs and the like. Very old, loud planes that you can hear coming miles away fly low, 5,000 feet typically, and don't fly past sundown. So this one night, me and significant other are outside having before bed smoke, and Dog is out with us. We're alone this week on the lake as there's no guests on the lake at all, meaning there's no other humans for about 500 kilometers in any direction from us. It's about 12 a.m., pitch black, and suddenly we see this light come over the trees of our island. But something's off about it. It's not a shooting star or an airplane. That's apparent. It moves weirdly, changes direction suddenly, changes altitude. It's almost scanning for something. It's also completely silent. As we watch it, we both have this feeling of dread and fear. The dog also begins to freak out, barking and hair standing up on end. At this point, we run inside and turn every light in our cabin off. We then watch as it continues onward over the lake. As it goes, it stops in intervals and adjusts. Its altitude, up scans forward a few hundred feet, down scans forward, up scans forward, down scans forward. 
It does this until it's over the next tree line and out of sight. It took us another hour to fall asleep. We've never been believers, so to speak, in extraterrestrial life or unearthly UFOs, but that pretty much converted us on the spot because it was so scary we were shaking afterward. I'm just glad someone was with me because every time I write this it sounds crazy, but it happened.